This episode of the Smalters Media Podcast is sponsored by Tidely. Tidely provides the best online tools to help you increase generosity, manage your church, and engage your members. From giving your church options to text to give, set up recurring online giving, and allowing your congregation to cover their own online processing fees, you can start collecting your tithes and offerings online for completely free. So head over to smallchurch.media forward slash tidely to get started. Again, that's smallchurch.media forward slash tidely. Now let's get into this conversation where we are talking about what is WordPress and should you use it to build your church's website? You ready to talk about it? Let's get it. This is the Small Church Media Podcast with Mark Hyde. Well, what is good, everybody? And welcome back to the Small Church Media Podcast. We are in episode two of our seven-part series. Hopefully it's seven parts, maybe a little longer, a little shorter. But the game plan, the roadmap is seven episode series on websites for your churches. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week where, you know, we've had a lot of different conversations around your church website over the last year, such as having um, what types of pages and the special pages like that forward slash Sunday link that you should have on your website, how to get good photos for those, how to get your church's mission and vision on your website. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. One was the plan your visit page of your website. And just what, what are some website pages that are the best high ranking website pages that that you need to have on your website. So in this series, I know we've already talked about those. We're not gonna have specific episodes on this, but it's more so of overarching themes. I have the seven different podcast episodes right here in my dry erase board. I'm gonna read them off to you guys here real quick before we jump into today's conversation, just so that way you know what is coming down the pike and so that you can get excited about it. So last week we talked about the different types of builders and how to choose the right one. Today, we're going to talk about what is WordPress and should you use it. Then we're going to talk about different website visitors and how you can serve them when they land on your website, how to turn your website into the central hub for your church members, how to create a visitor pipeline on your website, advanced things you can do and how to accomplish those on your website, and then the best website practices. So I hope you stick around for all seven parts and we are going to have a good time with this. And we want to make sure that this podcast is getting into the ears of listeners that need to hear it. So do me a quick favor, pause this episode if you need to. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave me a rating and review over there. Spotify, leave a rating. I don't know if Google has left a rating process and system yet, but I know there's a handful of you guys listening over on Google. So thank you for doing that. But even beyond that, please send this episode or a podcast or this podcast, not just any podcast, this one to a small church pastor friend who is in your community or in your network some way, shape, or form, because it would mean the world to me if you do that. And if you do any of the above, send me an email and I will get a Starbucks gift card in the mail to you. There's still a couple reviews that I've read here on the show already, and y'all have yet to send me your address to get those. So if you have left me a rating on the website, send me your address. You can do that at hello at smallchurch.media, or you can just go to the website, smallchurch.media, hit the contact tab, and then you are off to the races. So today's episode is all about WordPress and should you use it for your church's website. Last week, when we were talking about the different church website builders, we talked about how you can do this DIY. We talked about how you can do this with specific church-based DIY ones or hire a developer. And inside of the DIY, I made sure that I said that WordPress is not a DIY website 
builder, such as Squarespace, Wix, or Weebly, WordPress is in a league of its own. And because it's in a league of its own, I want you to give it its own actual episode just to talk about it, so that way you are more aware of this platform. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about what is WordPress. Then we're going to ask the question of how WordPress works. We're going to talk about, so um, how does it kind of start to become similar than these DIY website builders, why you should use it, and then why you should not use it, and if you should do it in general. All right, so let's get started with what is WordPress. Right off the bat, WordPress is not a website builder. You got it? WordPress is not a website builder, but rather it's a platform by which you can build your website. In fact, we call this a content management system. So when you start getting into the developer world and contact speak, there's generally different types of platforms you can build your website on. You can use the content management such as WordPress. You can do ones such as Joomla. You can do ones, uh, there's there's other ones that are just HTML based. But you know when you start getting into what the actual thing that WordPress does is it just it manages all of your stuff. It is it basically it's an open source free program that lets you easily manage your media, your pages, menus, blog posts, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. At the beginning, and maybe this is what you knew about it, WordPress was originally designed for bloggers. But now, businesses and organizations and I would even say probably most church websites that you see online use WordPress to here here you go. Not developer build but power their websites. And power their websites is a very important term. In fact, in case you want to know, I design all of my websites that I develop for for churches and for bloggers and for businesses, all using WordPress. And in fact, most marketing companies use WordPress too. And if you are curious, many church website companies, including The Church Co., which when you log in and start creating stuff, it doesn't look like WordPress. They just developed a really, really cool you know user interface that's powered using WordPress. I, I believe Subsplash is powered using WordPress. ShareFaith and so many others also use WordPress to power their websites. Because again, WordPress is not a website builder. It's just a platform. Think of the foundation for the house by which you can then actually build your house on it. Okay, so if WordPress is not a builder, then how does WordPress work? Now, and generally, all WordPress websites have the exact same framework, and that is the ability to view, edit, organize pages and blog posts. It lets you also organize users and log in and then give them permissions to view different pages. It's a place to store and manage your media, such as photos, pictures, videos, and audio files, which obviously when you're a church is very, very important. It has the ability to organize your website's menus from your pages and your posts, and it has the ability to put a theme onto your website. Now, what is a theme? That is a very good question. What do you mean, Mark, by it? You have the ability to put a theme onto your website. So the theme is how your website will functionally and visually work. Generally, when you put a theme onto your WordPress website, you now have the ability to change things such as like the colors and the fonts. You can add in your own photos and text and lay out different pieces of the content for your website. Now, when you install a WordPress website onto your hosting server, you'll see that there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of free themes out there. And there are also many paid themes out there as well. But what a theme simply is, is the framework by which you will build your website. 
Themes control how your header will look and work and function, like like your mobile navigation and your primary desktop navigation. Your theme will also handle how the content is laid out on your website. It will tell you how your footer is going to look on your website. It'll t- also tell different things of how the actual website will function in in, a, in and of itself. And some themes even let you just simply drag and replace the content block fillers that are already there on the website with your own content. You click publish and you are good to go. But if you want to design your own website, like with a drag and drop builder where you're like, okay, I want to create a page and then I want to put pictures here and then text box here and then links here, you can't do this inside of just a theme. Because what a theme is, is basically it's the framework for why which everything lives, breathes, and operates. Now, certain themes will let you click like, um, I'm not going to get too much in the jargon, but basically where you can customize the theme, customize the homepage. And it might say, okay, so here's section one. Here's the three different photos you have. Do you want two photos, four photos, and then which ones do you want to put in there? They do give you some customizations, but if you want to do a drag and drop, what we call page builder, on your website, you now also have to add that into your WordPress website using something called a plugin. And if you looked into building a website or maybe you've watched on YouTube and a whole bunch of different WordPress um, advertising, why did I blink on that term? Uh, (laughs) Different advertisements pop up. You might see advertisements for things such as Elementor. Elementor is probably the biggest, widest known WordPress page builder out there. Uh, Divi's another one. Beaver, Beaver Builder, WP, um, I think it's WP Bakery is what they call it now. Um, there's also a Visual Media Composer and so, so many other ones. But these builders work inside the framework by which your theme operates, but it lets you put in the content however you want it to look on the website using their tools. And so this is where WordPress starts to kind of match the DIY page builders like Squarespace and Weebly, all right? So in order to make your website, when you're building it, function like a Squarespace website, you'd need to purchase a hosting plan, then put WordPress on it or just purchase a managed website or managed WordPress hosting plan, add a theme, and then you add a builder. And now all of a sudden you can build your DIY website just like Squarespace. However, it takes so much more time to get to the website to the place where you want to be able to start building out the website because you could put on a theme and then all of a sudden realize there's not as many options as I want. They don't give me social media buttons that I want to put on here. The mobile looks kind of weird. You got to figure out all these different places in order to build the playground by which you then can build your website. Whereas Squarespace, we and Wix have playgrounds already built for you to play inside of. WordPress, though, you literally have to build your own playground before you even get started. So here's the question then, okay? So it takes a lot of work to at least finally get your website into a place where you're ready to start building. Oh, and I should say this as well. If you're using the builder like a um, like with WordPress and then you put Elementor or Divi on there, you still have to go in and customize and put all of your font palettes in there. So you have different types of buttons and the headers and the colors and these different things. And all of these builders have a free version and a paid version. And the free version only lets you do so much. And <laughs> just being honest, it can get super annoying. So when you're trying to build out your WordPress website, you might find a lot of limitations come your way and it's everything is behind paid walls, which gets super annoying when you're trying to build out your website. And this is another difference where where Squarespace, Weebly, Wix, they literally hand you everything you need to do because you're paying them the fee to build the website. Now, since you're using WordPress, which is a free open source platform, you have to pay, which we'll talk about in a second, a really small amount of money to host your website. You now have to put everything 
on there and invest your own money into this website to make it kind of more like a DIY website. So here's the question then. If WordPress is so annoying to use and you have to do all this different work and you may not even be happy with it at the end because you got to build the build playground and um, you feel like you just don't know the tools well enough to do it, why would you ever want to use WordPress? Now, here's just a few different reasons maybe why you would want to use WordPress for your church. The first one is it's the most widely used content management system out there. So there's support all over the place, which means that there's hundreds of tutorials on YouTube. There's hundreds of thousands of themes and builders by which you can use to then build your website. You have options for more features for your website to make your website do whatever on earth you need it to do or integrate with. Because a lot of times people will build integrations with whatever um, you know software or platform that they are using to work inside of WordPress because everybody uses WordPress. These are called plugins. You can actually plug different things into your website to make it do things that maybe other websites can't do. For instance, with WordPress, you could add sermon series engine plugins to your website, calendar plugins, donor management, and giving. So you don't even need a church management software. You could just start taking online giving directly through your WordPress WordPress website using plugins. You can have speed optimization plugins and better search engine optimization plugins to get found, found online more often. And in fact, you can build virtually anything into your website so it's more than just a website. And sometimes you can do it for literally free, such as having storefronts, online directories, course and learning platforms. And I've already said this and hinted at a little bit, but it is so much cheaper to host a WordPress website when getting started. In fact, generally when I'm helping people get their WordPress websites launched and they want to just start with something kind of cheap, um, obviously there's some out there where they'll charge you 20, 30, 40 bucks a month to host your website. But there are some cheap platforms out there where you spend three, four, five dollars a month to have your website up there. And if you're literally spending $3 a month, you're spending $36 per year to keep your website up and running rather than go to Squarespace where you're minimum spending like 18, 20 bucks or Weebly where it's just as much or Wix where it's even more or Webflow where it's even more. But this is where it gets really fun with inside of WordPress, okay? So just to let you know how I handle the Small Church Media Podcast website, everything I do could be done for virtually free. I have my website up there. I also have, a, you know, the course that we have, the how to develop a, or how to design your free sermon series graphics. That is powered by a course plugin that I have for completely free. All of those free resources in the free resource library are powered through a, a plugin called WooCommerce, which if I wanted to start charging for those resources, I totally can't, and receive payments for those absolutely for free. No problem at all with that. And whenever you guys actually download something in the free resource library, that connects you to my email chain where now I can start emailing you guys, which hopefully you guys are receiving those emails because I've just sent out some really, really cool emails such as um, free student ministry curriculum for the entire year and how to have lower thirds like all the megachurch do for completely free using our good old friends tool, worship tools presenter tool. We send out stuff from the email chain, but all this is connected through the website. And literally how I have the website powered, a lot of the stuff is for completely free. The Small Church Media Podcast website is 
a robust system that is used. And because of that, I've had a lot of people contact me and go, how on earth did you build all of this? And the answer that I simply use is, well, A, I know how to do it, but B, I use WordPress for everything. There's so many more options and integrations you can do with WordPress. Whereas for me as a developer and a designer, I'm like, why would I not use this platform? Rather than get myself stuck inside of a box, I literally can make the box if I want to. But I do know that if I'm using WordPress, there's certain things I can do and can't do, but the sky is the limit for what I can design. So maybe you right now are sitting there thinking, you're like, all right, Mark, so that sounds really exciting. I want to use this for my church. But before you get too excited and press the gaslight, I first want to talk about why you should not use WordPress for your website. There's a lot of reasons why you should use it, and I want to encourage you to check it out, but there's many reasons why you should not use it as well. Here's the first one. Since most of the internet is powered by WordPress, it is the most accept- most susceptible to hacks and security threats and malware all over the place. Every plugin um, that you put on your website opens your website up for hacks, including page builders and themes. Every time you don't update a plugin, you have a chance to be hacked. There's a lot of different, they they call it cross-scripting, where they can literally attach a virus to five different things in a chain. And because you put one little thing in one little vulnerability, people are able to literally hack and access your website. And this is where it gets even crazier, okay? So let's say, for example, you buy something called a shared hosting plan. You'll see that on GoDaddy. Don't use GoDaddy. You'll see that on HostGator. Don't use HostGator. But you'll see these things called shared hosting platforms. And basically what these shared hosting platforms do is they shove a whole bunch of different people into one specific server. And let's say, for example, there's 20 different people inside of one server, and one of those people get hacked. Not even you. A different person gets their website hacked. Now, all of a sudden, that hack can access and hack your website as well. And because it's powered by WordPress and inside of servers, developers, I would say not, but more like black hat developers, are constantly looking to take down different people's websites because of the information that is potentially stored on the back end. Another reason why you shouldn't use WordPress is because there are so, so many options that it could literally be overwhelming and it's just absolutely not okay. I don't know if you've ever heard anything, heard of this experiment before, but it's called death by choices. And people have found that people are actually way happier when they walk into like an ice cream shop and you've got five different options rather than walking into an ice cream shop and you have a hundred different options. Your brain is actually happier and you have less regret choosing an option when you only have five options at 100 because there's less reason for you. Because again, if you have five different options to three different options, let's do three because it's easier. Vanilla, chocolate, strawberry. You can say, oh, you know what? I really want vanilla and I kind of want strawberry, but chocolate just sounds amazing. I'm gonna go for that. And let's say you eat and you're like, oh, it's not the greatest. Well, then I can just get vanilla next time. No problem at all. But when you have a thousand different options, it can get overwhelming. You can start to have what psychological um, choice, regret, and a lot of different options. And honestly, this is why Chick-fil-A is so good because they give you so few options. But with so many options, it can get overwhelming and you might not know where to start, what to pick. And now all of a sudden, if it's a bad theme that's not supported and there's some weird plugins in there, your website now all of a sudden is open to hack. So how can you know if that's a good theme or not when there's so many different options? And then when you get WordPress, you got to figure out how to manage the server, how to learn WordPress, how to learn your theme and how it works. And then finally your builder. And then once you learn the builder, now you got to put your content in there. And it's so customized 
usable with WordPress that it is so easy to break a WordPress website and edit it. It can be extremely complicated. It's not as plug and play as what a lot of people want you to believe. Now, I will say this. I firmly believe that if you have a little, a bit of a can-do attitude and some time, you can learn WordPress. And there's so many different resources out there to teach you how to use WordPress. So I don't want to discourage you not to use WordPress. I just want to let you know, if you want a simple DIY website builder and you just want to go for it, I would fully recommend to probably lean a little bit more into using one of the church DIY builders or using Squarespace or Weebly or hiring a developer to make this custom solution for you. So here's the question then, all right? So when is WordPress the right move for you? Like I've already said, many and most DIY church website builders are built on WordPress. So just expect that. However, those places usually take care of plugin update security and optimization on the server on their end. And sometimes you don't even know you're using WordPress. But just know that if you're like, oh, I never want to use WordPress, I'm just going to go to DIY Church Website Builder, they're, they're probably using <laughs> WordPress too. But they're making sure that everything is done properly on there and to make sure that you are protected and taken care of. When also is WordPress the right move? It's when you want more than just a static, basic website and you want a lot more integrations and let your website serve more purposes for your church. If you want a better way to manage your sermons rather than each one having their own individual page, if you want to have something where it's more of a tried and true built-in ecosystem where it also gives you a podcast um, feed to send out to the different places, having WordPress is a great solution for that because there's so many amazing plugins out there. When you want to have your your own website and not just rent one from one of the church DIY companies, this again is also the right move. When you have your own website, a WordPress website on your own hosting platform, it's like when you actually own your house. Now, you still have to pay like property taxes, which is your hosting fees, but at the end of the day, you own your website. But when you use a church DIY company, they are literally building everything and you are simply paying to rent that space. So if you would rather not rent from these DIY companies and just own your website outright because you have the ability to do such, that's another great time for to use WordPress. And another one is when you're confused and you don't want to go alone in the process and you want to bring someone else along with you in the journey and you want to hire a developer such as myself, we generally all use WordPress. So I do want to just at least make sure I say this at the end of this conversation, okay? So, so far we've talked about in this series how you can build your church website using DIY builders, church DIY builders, hiring a developer, or using something like WordPress to design an ecosystem by which you can build a website. And I know this is all an extremely daunting task, but I want to encourage you that it is a task worth pursuing because as people are trying to find you know answers online, they're trying to find a place to worship online, the website is the first place people are going to go to. Now, I should say maybe it's the second place. They might go to social media, but then eventually they'll also land on the website, but you got to make sure your website is in order. So if you're more so worried about just looks and having it clean and basic and not necessarily breaking, use one of the church DIY website builders. Use an actual DIY like Squarespace, Weebly, or Wix. But if you feel more adventurous and you want to save a little bit more money and do some, try, try to figure out some cool things, WordPress is an amazing, amazing, amazing option. And I want to challenge you if you want to have a better sermon series engine and calendars and integrations with your church management software. Ah, man, I can't say enough about WordPress. It really is an amazing solution. Me as a developer, I am inside working WordPress every single day and I absolutely love it. But 
I do want to challenge you with this of if you're trying to figure out where on earth to start with building a, a website, how what type of content you need, what type of pictures you even need on on the on, on your website. I want to challenge you to continue hanging out with me here for the next handful of weeks while we finish up this podcast series. But if you ever need development help, go to Mark Hyde, Mark with a C, MarkHyde.com, hit that contact form up, and I would love to chat more with you about that. Well, guys, just like always, it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you again here on the Smolters Media Podcast. A special thanks to our sponsor, Tidely, and our secondary sponsor, which, forgive me, guys, I forgot to say it's the beginning of the episode. This episode is also sponsored by Sermon Shots. If you want to up your social media game and create some amazing video content for your TikTok or your Instagram reels and literally do it in 10 minutes or less for every single post, Rather than buy, you know buying software and systems and spending all the time to learn and do it, check out Sermon Shots. You can go to smallchurch.media forward slash Sermon Shots today. And when you sign up and use the coupon code Small Church Media Podcast, you have to do SCMP30. It gives you 30 days free, no risk involved, just to give Sermon Shots a shot. You like that sermon shots a shot to up your social media game. Again, share this episode or this podcast with another small church in your area. Leave me a rating and review. Check out the free resource library over at smallchurch.media. Hopefully, we'll be adding more stuff to the resource library. It's been very busy here in the Hyde House with moving and transitioning into schools and all the fun stuff that comes along with having a butt ton of kids. Man, it just seems like meetings and homework and conversations all all the time. But you're not here to talk about that. Let's end this episode. I hope you have a great week and come back next Tuesday for another episode of the Small Church Media Podcast, where we will be talking about different website visitors and how to serve them using your website. So until then, take it easy and we'll see you next time on the Small Church Media Podcast. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative.